Hello and good morning, everyone. I am Courtney King, aka The Heart Mentor, aka The Emancipator. And this is the Reboot Your Biblical Perspective radio show, where we identify the misguided modern day perspectives of the Bible, giving context to the spiritual dynamics of who and what you are via the lens of Rabbi Yeshua and his apostles in the name. On this talk show, Ho, on this talk show, we identify subjects and themes that have been misunderstood from the Bible with informed commentary in the name, verified by pragmatic and experimental research carried out under the Zane Kai Keturah International Institute of Pneumatology. And hello and good morning, everyone. This is Tanya Whitkey from Virtual Kisses, and we would like to give a huge shout out to everyone joining us on Kingdom Purpose Radio, YouTube, and Facebook. If you would like to ask us any questions, feel free to comment on YouTube at ZKI International Institute of Pneumatology, or you can join our Facebook group, Life Mindset Mentors. So good morning, everyone, once again. <laughs> good of you all to join us. Yes, thank you for joining us. Today we're talking about what is love and what is that to love someone else? What is it to love God? What is it to love yourself? Which is our Valentine's Day special. So Valentine's is next week. Happy early Valentine's. Happy early <laughs> Valentine's. Yeah. So we're going to um, be talking about love today in a few different ways. And so do you have like a favorite love song? Well, let's see. Um, before, uh, I would say my favorite love song, it, it would be like a, um, a Celine Dion song. It was called I Love You. It was a pop song back in 19, I believe 1996. Oh, wow. When I heard, no, no, no. But when I heard it, um, just uh, growing up when I was in my early teens, um, yeah, I kind of thought, wow, this is a beautiful song type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that was my favorite love song. There was other ones that came up like um, Jay, I think it was named Jane Steen. It was, it's a pop song in uh, 2019. Oh, wow. You know the years. 20, oh, sorry. 20, uh, 2009. And oh, wow. it's with, the, I believe, with Little, Little Wayne. It's called Down. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, pretty pop songs that I, I kind of kind of liked and grew up with. So, yeah, I, I guess um, those are my kind of go-to songs. Nice. Um, I would say... Um, do you remember Little Rascals? Mm. The movie, The Little Rascals. Um, there was a, a song they used to sing, sing on there. And it, I think it's also by Nat King Cole. It's, L is for the way you look at me. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's for the only... I love that song. So, um... So yeah, that would probably be my favorite song. Okay, <laughs> we have um, Robin listening and Rashida listening. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. <laughs> um, oh, there's a few people. So here's the thing, everyone. Um, you all are listening to us from various pages. Or, <laughs> and so we don't necessarily know which one you're on. I try to track it, but... Like, if you comment on Zane's page, I don't necessarily see it. So, um, I just happen to have my Facebook open. 
But um, yeah, so let's dive into love. Love, Talking love, about love. what it is. Do you uh-huh. remember your first love? Oh, <laughs> I think um, I'd say high school. I do remember my first love. Oh. Um, <laughs> I didn't really um, like date, date, um, but mm-hmm. um, I did have one of those. Wow, he's cute type of uh-huh. um, things, and um, just waiting for the boy to ask me to the dance. You know, all that. <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, I I did have a crush uh, for a while. Mm. <laughs> so, I feel like I was always crushing on somebody. <laughs> Wait, I remember um, my very first quote unquote boyfriend. He was, mm-hmm. I was five, and his name's Matthew. <laughs> really? <laughs> I do remember that. And then my next boyfriend, I was probably like 16, and his name was Anthony, and I just adored him. <laughs> oh, love. <laughs> so here's the thing about love, though. And the reason that we are talking about this topic is because there is. A misguided understanding on what love is. Mm. You know, we've we've learned it from Hollywood. We've learned it from our parents. We've learned it from books. We've learned it from all these different places. And so there's all this just like subjective knowledge on what love is. And so really the definitions of it, people get lost. And so that's why we wanted to touch on this today to um, give you some insight so that you can make some better and healthier decisions in your life. So do you want to share like some of what you had learned about love? We'll start with what love isn't first. <laughs> yeah, like um, like you said, um, some of my things that I've learned um, about love, mostly like TV shows, Disney. But one of the things that I, I learned growing up, even thinking about this concept of love, Mm-hmm. Um, and and wondering about my feelings, <laughs> wondering about all these things, emotions that that come about me. I I be asking or be searching basically because I used to I used to be very standish off and just watch my environment. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things I picked up, um, I have a few. So bear with me, guys. Hopefully this all resonates with you guys too. Um, Love to me was um, is described as having positive thoughts or feelings towards someone and finding that person's company rewarding. You know, when you're around that person, it's like, ooh. Um, love is when you feel warm, this warm and closeness towards people we really, really like. Um, another one is love is when you build each other up. Like, that's one of the things that I've, I've heard when you're building people. Um Love is in the sm- like in the smallest things that you see other people do for you. Um, another one is love is willingly looking after somebody if they're sick. You know, that's what I've been observing. Um, another one, celebrating each other's success and comforting each other through losses. You know, if you lose somebody in your family or, um, you know, they were um, gunning for something um, I don't know whether it's business or whether it's um, some creativity and it didn't work out for them, you know, showing compassion and going alongside them. Um, another one is love is complete acceptance. When we allow someone to be exactly as they are without any belief that they are good enough, without without any belief that they would be better 
if they were different. That's another concept that I've picked up. Mm. Um, love is completely unconditional. When we truly, yeah. this is what, uh, um, what I saw is when you we truly love somebody, we cannot stop loving them regardless of what they say or what they do. That is definitely not love. <laughs> well, it is unconditional, but um, yeah, one more um, that I picked up was love is selfless. Mm. True love doesn't want anything in return because there is nothing it needs. Now, all these points that I picked up, I'm not saying um, that they're bad. There's some, I think my, when I was observing my world and world around me and what people were, the actions and, and TV and all this stuff, um, it, it looks good because they put it nicely in a package. And so when I tried this out in life, it still in my heart didn't work because I would be viewing the guy, like we mentioned, the guy you like uh, early on. Um, well, he's not, I feel like he's not, he's not paying attention to me or he doesn't see me, you know, but Disney told me my prince is going to be on exactly. with exactly. So applying all these things, it's not, like I said, it's not bad, but, um, maybe my, like my definition for it was kind of off because it didn't seem like it was playing out like Disney told me or like what I've observed other people were doing. Right. And usually what I've seen was, um, I felt was just things that I didn't, I seen up front, not mm -hmm. things that were happening, happening behind the scenes. How did they get there? What, what made them move that way? That right, was one right. of the things that I kind of was kind of like, what, how does this work? So yeah, that, I guess that's what I thought love was. So how I think, so, I mean, <laughs> I've had many of the same thought processes that you've had, but I think that where we like need to really kind of pull the part and for listeners who are here to like, okay, I want to know what it is. I want to know, but you also need to know what it isn't, right? So when we look at this, and so one of the things that we want you to understand if you're a listener um, is that everything that we say is based on research from the International Institute of Pneumatology. And one of the things that the Institute has found is that we um, have learned the Bible through our English understanding. Um, and so we have this Greco-Roman philosophical understanding, and it is not the mindset of the ancient Hebrews which um, had a direct um, understanding of, 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 of how God thought about things. He was like the people that, you know, he chose to help understand how he thought about things. And so love is one of those subjects that we need, we are understanding through our own lens. And many of us have learned about love, like you said, from television, movies, social media. We're applying all these Hollywood concepts to our relationships and we're applying them to God. We're applying mm -hmm. them to those people we like we're applying them to spouses we're applying them to our friends and family and here's the thing if what you know about the bible is not giving you peace or the other fruits of the spirit then you're reading it wrong and i think for me um that is i wasn't experiencing the fruit of the spirit in many of my relationship i was always feeling rejected or like they didn't really want to be around me or you know like i was imposing but the bible is the word of the spirit and so it, you should also have the results of the fruit of the spirit. So you may be reading it through a lens that you're not supposed to be reading it through. And so this culture that has given us this subjective understanding about how to interact and interface with one another is it has developed all these models that don't work. 
we have all these varying reference points on what love is. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, tell me in the comments, <laughs> you are striving <laughs> for emotional validation, not only from God, but from your spouse and from those who you love. And it's recreated right. these poor relationship models because you don't understand what it is. And so some say it can't be defined, but at the International Institute of Pneumatology, we understand the definition of love very clearly from the Bible. And so it has been said for centuries, even though it's so big and it's just these things that you feel and when you're in love, it's just mystical and you can't define it. We have found that that is not true, <laughs> you know, because we always have these like intense feelings and this <laughs> great interest and this pleasure and this deep affection for someone. Yeah. And um, really, you all, that's called attachment. And and we're not. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it is called that. But um, it's not saying that your your emotions or um, everything that 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 goes on in you is is wrong because your emotions are from God, right? It's just learning, like Courtney was saying, your the definition, the right definition of putting that link to what you're feeling and how how it all, um, you know, goes together, right? Getting that understanding of oh, okay, that's my that's why my emotions are going this way, or you know, that's, and I would yeah, and I, I, would, I would clarify that your emotion emotions are. Um, showing you where your spirit is leaning. But sometimes your spirit is using external points of reference, mm -hmm. which means you're functioning outside of the spirit. So if mm -hmm. you're experiencing negative emotions, you're not functioning in what the true definition of love is. And oftentimes that's because you are becoming fond of someone mm. without consent. You're just right. attaching your emotions and you've decided you're going to have these feelings for them. And you have assumed the right to attach your emotions to the person. And then you're now holding them responsible to your personal definition that you have established. Right. And then you have this expectation of when and what and how a person is supposed <laughs> to do something for you. And I, I was married, so I've been there. You know, I've I've been I've I've liked people. I've I've had friends where I'm like, well, you didn't call me. There was <laughs> never an agreement that yeah. they were supposed to call me all the time. But I had these expectations. And so now you have two people that are not feeling valued or feeling approved. So there's hurt, there's disappointment, there's depression, there's feeling of rejection. And this is in friendships. This is in believers. Mm -hmm. This is in non-believers. This is in romantic relationships. And so you're holding a person responsible to validate you emotionally. You're holding another responsible for what you say love is supposed to look like and you want someone to submit to your definition of love without consent and you all this is dysfunctional <laughs> which is why and, yeah that's so true but so once you get your perspectives right and you are walking in the correct way that god god shines through you um you know and and applying that to your your outside circumstances with others um love just it just your emotions and everything and all that sort of stuff gets into check and, and you'd find life a lot more better than what yeah. we, uh, we've experienced beforehand. Now that I understand love through self-existence, I'm mm -hmm. no longer attaching my emotions to someone that did not give me consent True. in return. I'm no longer holding them hostage to my emotions because 
I've come into relationships already. And, and even as Christians, we usually have this list of rules that we follow. And then we marry someone who we expect to follow these lists of rules. But I don't know if anybody knows this, but Christians have the highest divorce rate. So that should be a red flag that something is not right. But we continue these narratives and these models and really never stop to evaluate. And it's so funny because yesterday I posted these questions um, and they were, do you ever dispute your beliefs? And I'm wondering, do people ever stop and go, this may not be functional. Do you ask yourself if the belief is actually true? Is there evidence that they're true? Is there an alternate um, explanation? What are the implications of your belief if it were true? You know, is this useful? Is this beneficial? Am I seeing fruit of the spirit or am I suffering? And so you have to really ask yourself that question anytime you have this logic that you're functioning from and you are not enjoying the fruit, I guess. <laughs> right, right, right. The fruit of it all. Always good. Don't don't just take everything that you see and, and people do as as truth, right? You have to question, okay, where did you get that? How did that, how does that work? Right? Yeah. And question yourself, like, am, what does it look like for me? Is you know? it functional? Is it functional? And one of the ways, if it brings any type of death, it is not functional. If they're, like I said, if there's anxiety, depression, feeling rejected, and all mm -hmm. those feelings, then you are in something that lacks functionality. So we I, want, go ahead. Yeah, I usually think when my emotions start to, um, Rile up like that, then um, to me, that's like um, it, that God is speaking to me about, hey, this is not working in this area. Why are you, why are you, see, when you're questioning yourself, why is that happening? Then you, you can deep dive and find out what does that mean? You know, that's how I take it when my emotions rile up. Yeah, those are definitely red flags. Like, pay attention yeah. here. Yeah, pay attention here. So should we go to our next yes. segment? Let's Shall go. We? So guys, we are in our next segment here. It's called Reboot. Oh, wait. Construct your matrix. I was going to say, reboot your matrix. <laughs> but construct your matrix. And today's um, song we're going to uh, reconstruct is called um the blessings uh, have you guys ever heard that it's by elevation worship and it is a beautiful song and it is scripture actually it so is. let me know if you can hear the music i can hear it i can hear it okay awesome so yeah this comes from um i don't know if you if you all know it oh i should probably give them the lyrics huh yeah, let's okay. give you guys the lyrics. So, I don't know what page you need to be on, but I dropped the lyrics in the chat. It may be on my Facebook page, which is Coach Courtney King. Um, um, so you may have to go there. Coach Courtney is one word to get the lyrics. But otherwise, just look up The Blessing by Carrie Job and Elevation Worship. Yep. And so this actually comes from Numbers Chapter 6 this song and um it's so beautiful i played it all this morning it's, it's just a beautiful song and what people may not know about this is it's a priestly prayer that they recite on shabbat 
And um, this is the blessing that if you read numbers, it's the blessing that Yahweh gave Moses to give to Aaron so that he could bless the people. And um, do you just want to read out the lyrics for us, Tanya, so they can know? Sure. Does the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And then it goes, amen, amen, amen. All men, all men, men. And then it repeats itself. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And then um, it does the amen again. And it says, may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and, and your family and your children and their children and their children. And then it, it just goes on. Um, may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He's with you. He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weepings, rejoicing and rejoicing. He's for you. He's for you. And then it just it just repeats itself over and over about so that it's it's a very lovely song. It's so <laughs> lovely. And so let's go through it and see if we would change anything. <laughs> the scripture i don't know um but maybe some things we'll just explain even if if we don't change it so let's just walk through it this is a priestly prayer by the way and so even at the institute this is something that we pray over one another we pray this over our families we pray this over ourselves um and so the first line is the lord bless you Well, do, should we change that? Well, we don't have to change it. But if we wanted to look at it self-existently, because um, when you are a priest, and this is a priestly blessing, and if you look at First um, Peter, you know, it says we are chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We yep. are, in fact, in the garden, Adam was charged with his um, partner, Eve, uh, to create a nation of royal priests, which is why um, in First Peter it says that we are a royal priesthood. And so we as priests, one of the things as priests is they took on the name for themselves. So when they spoke, they would say, I bless you. I cause the rain to shine. I do this. So we could actually, Tanya, say, instead of the Lord bless you, maybe on a, a separate verse, we could say, I bless you. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you see that word, when I see that word, Lord, when they say the Lord bless you, um, standing as a priest, mm-hmm. you would be in in his image there on the earth, blessing the people. So when he did, when a priest would say the Lord bless you, it's like him taking on the image of God and just blessing the pe- people, even if he said Lord. Yeah. So if you were to read it that way too. Um, but we could change it to Yahweh. Yahweh bless you. 
Beautiful. So we could either interchange Yahweh bless you or I bless you. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely. Okay. <laughs> the next line is and keep you. And keep you. I think that. I, I keep that. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the next one's make his face shine upon you. I make my face shine upon you. Yeah, we could do my make my face shine upon you. You can interchange those because it could be said yeah. anyway. And be gracious to you. Yep, gracious to you would be would work. Wouldn't change it. Nope. <laughs> so all of this actually, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. I wouldn't change any of that. <laughs> no. And then Amen just means it is so. So sometimes you could say it is so, but amen works. And so the next verse is exactly the same. So we could actually go to do all down a little further where it says, may his favor be upon you. Mm -hmm. And his favor is upon us. But I think that we have a skewed view of what favor is in our society. So I would just like one to just explain it, even if we didn't change it. And. Um, there's a verse in Job that says you decide and you decree a thing. Right. And the rest of that verse says, and it will be established for you. Yeah. And the thing that we as priests, we decree or make judgments on or make decisions on are the promises of God. We can't do anything outside the promises because that is his word. And so in that same verse, it says, and the light of God's favor will shine upon you. So Mm -hmm. to make, For you to decide something based on his promises, that is the favor because God guarantees that his faith, his spirit, which is your spirit, will see it through. That is the favor. A favor has to do with the promise. It's not just you want this, which is more of a self-centered, self-righteousness. It's as a nation, as a priesthood, as a race of the Christ race, the promises are yes and amen for us. Exactly. And that's the only thing that would come to pass. The promises, period. Right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I wouldn't change that other than say, yeah. I, we may want to say my favor is upon you. Mm. Yeah. You could put that in there. Yeah, my favor is upon you. Maybe a couple verses. Give us your thoughts, guys. Comment below. Let us know. Let us know. Would like to change or what is God saying to you? And then the next one is... And a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their I, children. I think I like that. Because I love it. That favor or that promise is for a thousand generations. And if those are the ones who are also keeping the promise. So they're also walking in the name and keeping the and, you know, and walking by the promise and living by the promises of God, which is what we live as priests in the New Testament and the New Covenant. So, yes, I want that. I want to bless you with that over your children for a thousand generations. Of course. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't change that other than we might want to say it as I, as a priest. Yeah, we could put that in there. I bless you. And then it says, if we go further down, you all in the lyrics. I don't know that we would do this whole song. It's super long, by the way. But it says... (laughs) In the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you. He is for you, which is true. But I think the he is for you in our Western 
thought process, heritage, logic. We think of it as he's for me specifically, kind of like favor is for a nation of priests. This also is kind of in that vein. And we need to understand that he is for you as he is for his spirit. He is for the things that he has established, the things right. that he said. It's a linking. It, it is a linking. It's, and it's, so. Yeah, it's no distinction between you and him. That's how and Jesus so, walked, right? Exactly. And so maybe we could say he is for you for he is you is probably what I would say. Well, we could we could stick that in there. Yeah. See what he that is sounds. for you, for he is you. There is no di- difference between the two. So. Yeah. No distinction. And I think that we did the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just a lot of repetition. So should we... We could cut it down. We can, we can take the parts that we've, we've worked and put them up, like... Well, I don't know that that would work with the track. It may not oh. make sense if we're trying to sing it. If we're just going to say it, then that's different. But if we're going to sing it, I don't know. Right let's on. Just, let's, let's just try, try it out. Can we just try it? Can we just see what happens? Okay, I'm going to start the song over. Okay. Can you hear the music? Yes. Oh, it is so, it 
every promise. never heard that song before i definitely recommend going to hear that song on youtube <laughs> um beautiful song it is so beautiful let me stop the screen share all right so we should get back into talking about love because that's what people came here for <laughs> yeah. love 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 Okay, so we're just going to uh, go back to our segment that we we found out what love is not. Right, right, and right. where basically um, love is not out, uh, the outward perspective of what we thought like from Disney or from the world around us. But we're going to look at through the lens of Rabbi Yeshua mm -hmm. and the apostles what yes. love is. So... Yes. What is it? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think there's a few different thoughts on what love isn't too, because I was taught that I had to love my neighbor as myself. Mm. Right? This was quoted by Jesus. Right. And he was actually quoting from the law of Moses. But one of the things that we use this for as Christians is 
We use it for validations and many denominations have made us feel like we had to prove ourselves to the community by using this rule. And so now we are finding ourselves, and I, and I only wanted to point this out quickly because I feel like there's a lot of people who are giving trust and kindness to someone and it's out of context because of this golden rule because we have to love our neighbors as we love ourselves and we're doing it out of context. Yeah. And I think really we need to understand that Jesus, first of all, was a rabbi. He was a Jewish rabbi, which means that he was educated from the Torah and if you don't know, Torah was the first five books of the Bible. And so he was quoting this, you all, from Leviticus. And so everyone who understood Jesus, they knew they had memorized the Torah. So that if he only quoted part of the scripture, he was giving hints. And so everyone knew the context. And so if you go back and you look at the context, you will see that he's talking about it's important that you not hate your brother. Um. So that you well, so that you don't end up hating your brother by not making them form or operate in equity, which is what love is, by the way, right. operating in equity. So sometimes we don't speak up for ourselves when there are injustice and there's someone being unfair. And so even as Christians, we just like turn the other cheek whole mindset. But we aren't expected to be mistreated. You are supposed to speak up for yourself because then you're no longer um honoring your own divinity and your also divinity. yeah sorry no 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 please <laughs> okay and also um just to put a little note in there like when jesus was quoting from the torah um he was looking at it from the lens of what father god is right mm -hmm. so as you're talking about equity um in order to walk as elohim um or equity you are also looking through the lens of what father is doing what he is saying yes. like as jesus would say i only do and say what the father is saying and doing mm -hmm. right so yeah that that is something that um just to give a little a uh, hint on uh, when we say equity or when we say um what jesus was walking in into right yeah, so when he was referring to, you know, love your neighbor is is often misunderstood that you're supposed to trust and have kindness no matter what. So I just wanted right. to really pinpoint that. But if you're being treated disadvantages, you are to correct someone and to stand up for yourself because love is equity. Love in scripture is equity and you're not to hold on to indignation until it becomes anger and then hate. But love, according to Jesus, was maintenance of equity. Right. And so where there is a lack of equity, there is a lack of regard for another's divinity because everyone has God's spirit. And so you're not honoring the spirit that is in them. That's right. So even though we think of love in many cultures as affections, not all cultures, but we think of it as affection. And then you, but here's the thing you could show, someone has shown me affection before, but have not treated me justly. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Not have been kind to me. You know, you can't cheat on someone <laughs> and then come home and kiss on them. That is that is not love. That okay. is not equity. It <laughs> is not equity. So if you are finding yourself in a place where you're being unfair and you're being unjust, you are not loving, loving anyone. Right. So right. even in whether it's amongst believers, family, romantic connections, whatever it is, it can't be 
um, emotional validation. It's not emotional attachment. It's not obsession. It's not affection. It's equity. Right. And so even in Jesus, when we come in, think about Jesus. I love how, you know, our mentor says, um, Jesus never walked around saying, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. You know, he didn't walk around saying that because he wasn't looking for emotional validation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another um, way of looking at love in, in a scriptural sense is um, keeping your promises. Mm, love yeah. is, ha- again, is having affection for one another expressed by keep, simply keeping your promises promises according to the, the spirit of God. Like yes. What God would not, like when I used to see the Ten Commandments, I used to see the Ten Commandments, not as rules, but I usually see them as if God, if he says this, that means he doesn't do that. So therefore, if I'm in his spirit and I'm I'm as him, then I will not do that. I won't murder my, my brother. <laughs> That's not equity. Mm-hmm. I like, Cain and Abel, right? Mm-hmm. Cain murdered Abel and he wasn't operating in the spirit of God. Equity for his brother. Yeah. So it's, it's it's keeping your promises towards what the the word of God is, right? And, mm-hmm. and when you make promises with others or covenants with others, um, that's how you show love. You keep that portion that you promised to do and walk it out. Yes. And I made a statement earlier about honoring people's spirit. So I just kind of wanted to like touch on that in it, just in case someone's listening to this for the first time. And they're like, what is she talking about? So <laughs> one of the things that we have found at the Institute is that the physics of everyone's spirit is found in God's name. So the believers um, in Christ are not the only ones with God's spirit, even though that's how we were taught. We have found that because Jesus was the representative for all humanity, just like Adam was the representative for all humanity. Adam fell, everyone had the corrupted spirit. Jesus restored, everyone now has the spirit. The issue is they don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. And so really all of us are self-existent. And so if you're self-existent, you're self-determining. And so if we are to show love or equity, as we've established to another that is self-determining, then we have to show high regard and respect for a self-existent and self the self-existent and self-determining dignity of another. And so love is respecting the right of the self-determination of another. Right. So even when Jesus, when he spoke about agape, he was talking about equity. He was talking about justice. He was talking about how fairness, all these things should be maintained. But on, in our society, we believe we have the right to control another who is also self-determining. And so this is bringing other people into bondage and to slavery if you only can feel they're worthy of respect when they hold your opinion. And so then you are functioning out in hate because they don't have a mutual agreement with you. Well, that's right. It's um, uh, Love is not, or hate, again, in a relationship is to simply show indifference right to a promise you and you know overlording somebody is actually hate yeah and jealousy and disappointment come when you are supposed to be in agreement with one person but you're giving it to another 
Right. Because once the expectations are agreeable, when you get just like we're in a covenant with God, we are in agreement with him. We're supposed to be. You might have to explain what the agreement is. But um, even when you're in a relationship, oftentimes you're putting these unspoken expectations on somebody. But there has to be an agreement so that the expectations are established. And so by the commitment to the agreement, we develop trustworthiness which is consistent reliability over time right. because you are, like you said, keeping promises to one another. Mm-hmm. And so there is now this inspiration that comes because we've kept our promise to another. We're both excited about the relationship, whether it's romantic or not. Yeah. And this is how a self-determining entity functions. That's why it says in scripture, if you love me, you will keep my commands, commandments. That word means promises and commandments. So if you keep your promises, you are showing that you love, as Tanya was saying. You know, Courtney, uh, speaking of um, a scripture there, if you guys look up Deuteronomy 11, 22, I love mm-hmm. the scripture because it brings to remembrance every day what God is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I don't know about you guys, but um, it says, for if you are careful to keep all this commandments or promises, which I am commanding you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk, that is to live each and every day in all his ways and to hold tightly to him. I, I just love that scripture because um, it's it's the same thing. You're in, in that relationship with God and to love him is, is to just follow what he says, become what he says act as what he says and then when you do that you're doing that to your neighbor love your neighbor as yourself you're doing that um to any new fresh um business partners um anybody that you meet and like you said Courtney and it takes um trustworthiness takes time to develop because you kept if you keep doing what you're doing just like if you're going to the gym (laughs) and you keep doing what you're doing you have amazing results in God and in yourself. So I feel like today we've addressed love is equity. That is equity by keeping your agreement. But we also said that we would touch on self-love. And I know we're, we're running out of time. So oh, I guess I just want to oh. touch on it really quick. Yeah, it, it went so fast. But self-love really is to no, no longer use substitute spirits. Right. Because typically we're using all these external things as our priorities to determine whether or not we are functioning properly. And so just quickly, I just want you to know you have to come back to the breath. You have to come back to your name. You have to use your spirit as your only compass and guide. So when you begin to understand how you function as a spirit, that is loving yourself, which is also loving God. (laughs) So most of us are looking at dust perspectives and we're using things like I'm going to go buy some makeup so I can feel good about myself. I'm going to go for a walk. Those are all dust. That's all external things. So I just want to make sure we touch on that because we did say that we were going to touch those three areas. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Okay. So we've got about maybe about another five minutes. Yeah. Let's Um, go ahead and pray. Uh, yeah, so we're in our empowerment segment now. Yes. Um, so if you've got anything you want to encourage or bless somebody with, um, Courtney, go right ahead. Hmm. I think I just want to 
speak the prayer over you that the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. I shine my face upon you and I give you peace. And I'm gracious to you. So I just want to say, guys, if loving God is, it's not complicated. It's not a list of actions. It's not a list of what can I do? It's just simply keeping your promises and your agreements to what God has fulfilled already in your life through Christ. And I just want to bless you as you go this morning um, on your way and to keep the thought about equity for all and including yourself. Look at yourself. Know that um, God loves you more than anything as you walk in this earth and just keep keep where you're at and, and give what you need in the moments that are, are needed. And everything that you you do with others, um, like I said, just I just pray that you would keep what you said, walking this perfectly out in everything you do. So I just want to pray that over you guys today. Um, and bless you. And yeah, that's what's coming up in my mind right now. So. And keep you, make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you, Lord, turn his face toward you, and give So we want to thank you for listening to the Reboot Your Biblical Perspective radio show. Today, we've given you the ancient Hebrew perspective on love, which is equity. If you would like to learn more about self-existence, living from your spirit, living from your heart, please join our Facebook group, which is Life Mindset Mentors. Once again, that's Life Mindset Mentors. I am your host, Coach Courtney King, the heart mentor, the emancipator, and my co-host is Tanya Whiskey with Virtual Kisses. So I pray that you guys join our Facebook group and we'd love um, for you to learn amazing things that God has in store for you there. Amen. So we will be back next week. So make sure you join us. Have an incredible week. Bye everybody.